Welcome once again to Center Left Radio, the progressive voice of hope, politics, and jazz. My name is Richard Gazer, and as always, I am pleased and I'm honored to be your host and your commentator for another of our commentary shows. One of the shows that we have up on air and online 24-7 here at www.centerlefttalkradio, one word, centerlefttalkradio.com. Of course, you can listen to us. You, you know how you're listening to us, I, I have to assume unless you've uh, managed to find a way to even bypass the technical limitations of the Internet and, and, uh, and, and cyberspace and everything else. I, I doubt if you're able to take it directly uh, into your consciousness other than by some electronic intermediary medium, but the choices that you have are to listen to us as a radio loop or as a podcast. Uh, we are, I, I, I think, very possibly the only, I, I'll say that, I, I have absolutely no authority and, and, no, and no details. Uh, I have only anecdotal stuff to work with there. Probably one of the few, let's, let's settle on that, uh, podcasts that, uh, certainly talk show format podcast that also offers a radio loop. That is to say, when you go to our uh, homepage at www.centerlefttalkradio.com, you're offered a choice of two links from the get-go at the very top of the page. One of them is entitled a radio loop and that is exactly what it sounds like it's your opportunity to hit that hit that link and pick up the show at whatever point in the loop it's in the loop is is the result of a separate computer here in the studio running that show 24 7 in a loop, we have the software to do that. It then sends the uh, it, that show to a local uh, modem, and that modem in turn is linked to a private server, well, a, a slot on a server somewhere, who knows where. It actually has a number and a name to it. I, I don't know if it has a place. I guess maybe it does. That's, I'm already going past my pay grade on, on that. And then off to the planet. So you can pick it up as though it were a radio show uh, because a lot of people just like listening to stuff like that. Pick it up wherever it is. Get interested from the middle of the show. Don't wait for me to warm up to whatever the topic is for the day. Get there immediately and develop your interest or don't. And uh, if you are interested enough, you might just want to go ahead and pick it up from the start, which of course you have the option to do because the other link on that homepage is our podcast feed. Go to the podcast, and whatever show is playing in the radio loop at that moment, that's the first show at the top of the podcast feed. Really convenient, really nice. Takes, takes some work and effort and resources to make that go and make that work continually. But uh, we find that a lot of people appreciate it, and we appreciate uh, you're listening, and we appreciate, and we enjoy the, the ability to give you both those options. 
Well, so much for technicality. Um, you, you know that uh, we've been and we will be doing more and more of what we call uh, Noble Hearts Forums. Uh, I, I, I keep getting corrected by the super smart people that we have on these things, or some of them anyway, will go out of their way to tell me it's a it, forum is a is a Latin word. The plural of um is uh, is uh, I guess would be neuter, and and the uh, first person nominative would be fora, but. Well, no, we'll go, we'll go with English forums if we're going to have more than one. We have already. We'll have several more. And it, it's, it's brought to mind in doing these several people or brought together and brought to my mind what happens when you have really thoughtful people presenting points of view in an intellectually honest environment, not, not just a shooting gallery, not just an opportunity to basically best the other person, but a true and honest forum for exploring and examining different points of views. It, it requires a certain respect for another person's point of view, a certain decorum uh, in, in how you react when someone has said something that you might not agree with, how you proceed from there, how much information, how much background, how much footnoting you've got to do to proceed from that point and go to another, and ultimately an appreciation of what it is you're trying to do more than anything else. If you're trying to win the debate against someone else, that sense will pervade. If you're trying to present information, if you're trying to get the best information out and looking and, and willing to accept other people's information, and understanding that much under, that understanding is really the result of people being open to ideas and the possibility of changing their position. I, I find that our Noble Hearts forums have, have been in that very, in that tradition and represent the best of that tradition. Now, for, and I'm, I'm, I'm shifting gears slightly here. In the beginning of Trumpism, and, and, and certainly before it, uh, in, in going back into the, uh, let's say, the, uh, the, the, the Bush 43 years, when this real differentiation, when, when the worst of the, of the pigeonholing and tribalization of people and politics in this country was really beginning to start, and ultimately Donald figured out a great way to, to play off of it. He's, that's, that's his great strength, understanding how to play to people's fears and weaknesses and everything else and how to take advantage of that. While this was all happening, I found myself frequently saying, you know, 
the people who are on the Republican side of things, and then certainly on the Trumpian side of things, you can't be too smart to go that direction. And it became, for me, a, almost a purely educational issue in, in my mind, the differentiation between people who would, let's say, go with a Trumpian set of positions and those who would be more democratic or centrist, left-centrist, or outright uh, hyper-progressive on a particular issue. It became an educational thing. And, and then I think a lot of times it became sort of a class thing. But, by, but the assumption that I always work with was that if you were smart, if you were book smart, if you were, if you were intellectually capable, the odds were, in fact, not even the odds, I expect, I expected that you'd probably come down on anything but the Trumpian position as dictated by Donald himself or his surrogates because you'd see through it that more often than not, it was nothing but a rabble-rousing, uh, pandering to the base end, something that excited a crowd of people who were and wearing MAGA hats, and y you know the whole imagery that goes with that. It, it was easy to kind of drift into that thought process. This is about dumb people, versus smart people. Hey, hey, th th that's easy, right? Except that it's not true. And, and as time has gone on, I've been continually amazed at the number of people who I know personally, okay, so this is, this is anecdotal, and again, I, I, I can't speak, I don't have statistics on this, but anecdotally, the number of people who I know who are highly educated, who may at some point have been uh, more oriented towards a more liberal perspective on things, but how many people in, and I'm going across all sorts of, of, uh, of industries and lifestyles and, and financial, I, people from, from heads of departments in large universities uh, to uh, major corporate uh, individuals, people with lots of money, lots of brains, lots of education, PhDs all over the place, who are more and more spouting or finding a way to rationalize Trumpian positions. Now, they, they, would, they would never in a million years say they were Trumpian. No one, no one, no one of these people that I know would, would ever uh, suggest that they were influenced or basically were were. were creating their position in order to curry favor with or be like, I want to be like Donald, or, or that they're ref wondering what would Donald say before they say anything else. Never. No, no, just no way. 
But when you read, and I see this coming from very, very smart people, I see it in emails, I see it in long string emails where groups of people who I know very well basically can still go back and forth and back and forth. I see these very smart people coming up with these very angry positions. And, and the difference I find between their positions and the things and, and, and the style of discussion that we have in the Noble Hearts forums that we're doing is that there's this need to convict the other side. That there's a, it, it, it begins with a defensiveness born of an apparent sense that they are sort of in a crouched position fighting back against something, okay? So, so if, if you don't begin from a position of, of comfort, if you start off defending yourself and attacking based on defense, in other words, it's it's all, it's all coming from a perceived state of grievance, if you will. Someone is, someone is taking something from me. I have to attack. And the attacks are vicious. And when you've got brains, and when you're smart, and when you've got words at your, at your, at your finger, and you go and you can footnote and you'll say, here's what was said and here's what wasn't said, and you know how to use that, those vehicles... It's amazing, it's amazing what you can create in terms of an argument and, and in terms of an accusation and in terms of condemnation. And it's all coming from this crouched position of defense. And I can imagine why, especially since most of these people are going further and further to an extreme and were never really there. Now, maybe they were there. Maybe, maybe somewhere in them there was this tendency towards an extreme, but never expressed as directly as I'm hearing it of late. It's, it's, it's absolutely flabbergasting to hear people who I've known very well. Well, I knew them very well some time ago, but have come to know again over the last several years. Suddenly, attacking others in a in a way that I just never imagined I would I would see from these people anyway. And it just underscores the fact that there is no educational boundary up there, out there, that prevents people from drifting into crouched positions of grievance and anger, of, of willingness to attack without really understanding that the goal or, or the, the achievement of the attack, the ultimate, the ultimate result of the attack is not to better anything, but simply to have defeated someone else. 
It's, it's not about coming up with a better idea or a better position or something that works better for people or the country or anything else. It's to defeat the other person, to defeat the other idea. It's to destroy whatever it is that I perceive you're using to attack me. The good of society, the good of everybody, the positive benefits are absolutely, from what I can see, irrelevant. Not, Not even secondary, irrelevant. It's beating back, and it's using every weapon at your disposal to do it. And it's obviously coming from a deeply emotional place. Something has been touched in some very smart people that excites this need to attack and to defeat not, not to argue through, not to come to some kind of a progressive, uh, progressivism, some kind of a shared compromise. No, to defeat, absolutely outright defeat the other side. And I, and I uh, if, 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 if anyone listening is saying, you know, well, why is that so shocking? Well, maybe you've seen this already. But to me, it's, it's the next step in a process that is, that's very disturbing in this country. And it's the process where the intellectual class or the, the, the self-defined intellectual class, well, what many people would define as intellectual sorts, begin to realign with those who are of less educational or class status, if you will, in a common grievance, in a grievance-mongering, in a defeat-the-other-side mentality. It's, it's an infectious sort of thing. It, it, it's something that you don't plan on watching or you don't plan on seeing it happen, but it begins to it begins to take over. It begins, it, it, it begins to, to filter through elements in society. And it begins to filter into people who we would hope or we would have thought would have known better. It's disturbing. And, and I suppose it, it makes doing this show, to me, Center Left Radio, all the more important, all the more um, personally uh, important of, of having good uh, Noble Hearts forums and, and, and discussions and panel groups and, and thought processes and, and, and David Bach, like we'll have on in a few minutes uh, here this morning, it's Friday. Of course, it's, it's the 11th of February. It's a Friday morning. David will come on, give you positions, not, not just to defeat the other side, but to also explain what's going on on the ground, to give you some perspective on how these things are working and how they'll impact everyone else. And if, and if he goes to a certain extreme, chances are I might pull him back, or at least not pull him back. I, I, will, I will counter with something, and it'll be respectful. 
But it won't be for the sake of defeating the other side. It'll be for the sake of hopefully, by going back and forth, to discovering that truth has, truth has a lot of boundaries. The thing that makes truth valuable is its capacity to accommodate a lot of different points of view and feelings and ultimately to relate to something that is needed and shareable by all. There are a lot of different ways of defining truth. I can say, well, you know, um, you know, she's, she's, boy, that's, a, that's one ugly scar you have on your face. Say it straight to someone. And, and on, on, a, on, on one level, on an objective level, well, that's the truth, isn't it? I, I, I suppose the scar is there. It's ugly by most objective standards. But, but in, in saying that to someone, I'm, what I'm really revealing also is a certain insensitivity, a certain, a certain, there's an attack aspect to that. There's, why would I need to throw that at someone? Why would I have to put that out there? I mean, I could be sort of a Sheldon Cooper from Big Bang Theory, and maybe I say things simply because I, I say them, and I don't mean to hurt anyone. But too often we use what we are claiming to be truth as a weapon. We've, we've done this. It was well before Trumpism and, and well before the, 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 the absolute, uh, you know, uh, tribalization of our politics and and uh, tribal you know and tribalism generally, the whole culture wars crap thing. But we're willing to do this now, and to attack again, not for the purpose of of, of bringing any common good out of this, but to winning, to besting the other side, and this becomes the passion driving the country after a while. This need to defeat the other side. And this is what is so disturbing to me. I'm in, I'm in the midst of, of uh, finishing up a, a, a mini-series right now that deals with, uh, over a period of decades, going from a lot of hopelessness into the depths of despair and how hope ultimately does reappear. The agent of all this is our shared universal energy. I'm not going to get into the storyline right now. But I'm, I'm in the process of writing. I'm towards the end of this. And it's been written in several different formats. I'm, I'm basically uh, restructuring this into a mini-series, uh, as, as a mini-series. I know where the story goes. It gets, it gets awful. And it gets awful because people just get to the point where besides verbally attacking uh, after a while, there's nothing to prevent that going to the next level. And the anger, and it's fear. It's, it's fear and hopelessness ultimately wins out and then people begin acting out their fears. And it's a very, very fast tumble into a very ugly place. And it takes a long time and a lot of 
terrible things to get out of it. But we do. That's in my story. And I'm writing that right now, or I'm, I'm reconstructing it as a miniseries. And I've wanted to believe when I first started this project, like 13 years ago, literally, I wanted to believe that I was writing fiction to a certain degree. And unfortunately, <laughs> I'm, I'm watching so much of what I wrote uh, come around. It, it, it's, um, it's disturbing. And I don't want to imagine myself as uh, having prophetic capability. But I don't think you need that to understand that there's just so far people can go in attacking one another verbally out of grievance uh, and lying to one another and, and being willing to ignore rules and, and decorum and everything else and all and ignoring our own constitutional structure and the stuff that's held us together before you, well, it, it got us into a civil war. Arguably, I mean, that was about slavery, but then again, what was slavery about? Slavery was about hatred and fear and, and, and the willingness to perceive someone as being subhuman to fulfill my needs and the fear that invariably is at the heart of all that. Well, we're just tapping into different fears right now. And I, I suppose humans do this, societies do this every so often. But we've got to stop and think about this. I mean, come on. Do, do we want to keep going in this direction? Do we want to keep just busting ourselves apart? Can we recognize that that's what we're doing? I guess that's the missing part right now. There isn't enough discussion of what is on the other side, what the likely outcome of the way we're dealing with one another, where this leads to, where we are invariably going if we keep acting like this, if we keep looking for ways to attack, if, if we, we so re-identify someone who doesn't agree with me politically as an enemy and a lesser than and have an of nefarious intent that ultimately I can create a scenario in my mind where I have no choice but to fill in the blank. When I'll understand why people fill in the blank. All because it becomes normalized to be this crazed about stuff. And that we don't recognize the, the ethics and decorum and need for restraint and thoughtfulness that is built into at least the language and usually the practice of our Constitution at all levels. Our federal, our state, they're all pretty much in that direction. And the danger of just playing with all that, especially in an era of instantaneous communication where falsehoods are no less powerful than, than honest statements, well-intentioned statements. Remember, truth can be pretty harmful. Where basically 
an understanding of the values that we that we support of of the of the good that can come out of working together is no longer really the main topic where it's just about defeating the other side and we need to talk more about the good that can come out of us generally, the, the stuff that would be on the other side of the political fever that we seem to be living in right now. We don't talk about that anywhere near enough. We talk about defeating the other side. We talk about disproving the fact. We, we, how can we talk about getting together when, when there's, they're lying so terribly? Well, maybe they are. But that's because they don't know what else to do because they're in this crouched position of grievance. I would say the Trumpians are, are the more likely group to begin aggression because of their sense of, of, of basically being uh, victimized and, and, and being grievanced uh, and, and, and no, no one's listening to me and can't you see and, and all the things that Donald wants them to do, which can be controlled, therefore, to a certain extent, that they're more likely to go in that direction. But as I say, their ranks are not limited to people who can't understand why that would be a bad idea because they're less educated or, or not in higher ranks of society. No, anyone, anyone, get this into your heads, anyone, can become grievance-laden and angry and, and lashing out and, and pissed off and mean and just, and just bashing away at the other side and, and ultimately co-opted into a movement that will drag you into places that, well, just read 20th century history for God's sake. Learn what happened in Spain. Learn what happened in Italy. Learn what happened in Germany. For God's sake, learn this stuff. Now, everybody keeps saying it was George Santayana who said those who do not learn from history are, are, are destined or doomed or, or condemned to repeat it. Um, it winds up Santayana didn't say that. We don't know who actually initiated that quote. But if you go into Bartlett's quotations, and I did this years ago, and I've done it several times since, maybe someone revised it. It wasn't George Santayana, but it's one of the, the best quotes of, of a historical, cultural statement that I can imagine. If we don't learn, we're going to do it again. And we're doing it. We're going back and we're setting up these, 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 these wide, uh, this, this gap between us and them We're we're driving people to extremes. We're talking in extremes. We know we're at extremes. If you're you're a Trumpian, you know you're in an extreme position. And you have the additional uh, complexity that, well, the people that I represent, if we're talking about politicians, the people I represent all feel this way, so I have to at least give it lip service. I have to support it. I mean, that's the additional insanity of this, and of course, complicated by instantaneous communications and instantaneous miscommunications. And, and no one, certainly on the right, willing to really start talking about the insanity of this. Yes, you've got your Liz Cheney's, you've got your Adam Kinsinger's basically 
on the night on the uh, January sixth commission saying how this is this makes sense. Everybody else on the Republican side scared to death that basically, I mean, they'll even condemn them. They were condemned the other day. They were censured. How dare you? Don't you realize, says the RNC, that this was nothing but valid political discussion. January 6th. Oh, there wasn't anything. Nothing really happened. You know what's... You mean storming the Capitol and everything that preceded it, all of the emotion, all of the anger that still persists, all of it that's still being fomented. None of that matters because why? Because Joe Biden did make it into the Oval Office. We don't need to figure out what's wrong with ourselves. We don't need to really look at what's going on or what, what got us there. We don't need to understand how not to break the country apart completely. Oh, no, no, no. If we examine it, we're just going to be going after bad guys, and those bad guys all happen to be on our side, and we don't want that because our base is going to be really ticked off, so we have to decry the examination process no matter how in line it is with tradition and history and the law. And the, and the obvious, obvious need to comprehend something that I think many of us deemed incomprehensible when we watched it. No, we can't do that because, because the base doesn't want to hear about it. Why don't they want to hear about it? Because we've basically fomented the, we've fomented the situation. And part of that is the back and forth between the left and the right. Just be aware of this. And, and maybe in your discourse with someone who you may not agree with politically, politically, and of course the politics spills over into other things, it starts, the, the effort is made to make it uh, a cultural spillover, instead of just coming back or ignoring them and walking away and in a huff or, 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 or in a snit, depending on what you think is your uh, appropriate role, listen and ask, what is it that's bought? What, what is, what's, why are you upset about this? Literally, have a conversation. Interact. Now, you may have, you know, you may have been approached in a, in a very, very aggressive way. De-escalate the situation. Ask what, not what's bothering, the, the wrong thing is, well, why, why, are you, why are you so screwed up? Why are you so out of your mind? Why are you, why are you accepting such insanity? No. What's, what's, why do you feel this way? Where'd you hear this? Or how was, how was this affecting you? You'll find that most of it will be an emotional thing, that, that a lot of the factual stuff that, that would be relatable to a person that would have changed their life really isn't so much the case as the perception of how they should react to a given situation. The truckers in Canada right now and all that. I mean, <laughs> wear a mask. Oh, my freedom, my, 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 my liberty, my free... You know, that's all screwed up. Wear a mask. 
well, you know, Fauci didn't tell the truth uh, a year ago, and uh, therefore, and you know, for a while, for two weeks there, he was wrong about masks, and I believe he had an intent. Shut up! Wear a mask. It's a it's a pandemic. Do you understand that? What 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 do we share? Do we share our, you know, uh, uh, our need to come at Fauci from two different directions, or do we share a need to basically get through a pandemic? For God's sake, and what's, what's the likely approach here? Knowing that things are, are, are changing rapidly, that the CDC is never going to look completely right because uh, they're, they're dealing with new situations regularly. So to, to assume that there's a nefarious intent because they keep changing and they're just doing this to get at Trumpians? I mean, what, what kind of stupidity is this? Come on, people. Talk. Talk it out. Find a way to just sit down and talk it out without having to discuss, without having to win or lose. And accept the fact that there might not be a winner or loser in that discussion, that no one might ultimately be pulled to the other side, but that at least the stuff that's bothering you was spoken about without having to go to war, literally, over it. And, and, and that's the template that we're going to have to sort of spread out across this country, that we can talk about this, realize that once it's spoken about, whatever the it is within the cultural fight, and that we got through it, we got through it over a beer. We got through it over a meal. We got through it walking together someplace and chatting. We got through it in a forum. And we didn't have to kill one another in order to make our point. We didn't have to defeat the other person. We found a common ground, at least for discussion. Maybe not for ultimate for ultimate uh, restatement of a common of a common set of facts that define us now in in a in a constitutional democracy like ours a law has to be compromised it has to basically be applicable to everybody and not everyone's going to get what they want but that doesn't always work that way in conversations sometimes it's just letting the other person talk through and finding other things. In the process, you will find things that there are worth sharing. Hey, you know, I, I kind of like, uh, I like the way he talks. He's a passionate guy. He's a good guy, basically. Yeah, I know him. I know, I know, I know, his, I know his kids. Yeah, yeah, they, they, they go to school with my, yeah, he, he's, a, he's a good guy. He's got his positions. I'm not sure I agree, but he's basically a good person. She is a good person. We're not going to know that unless we can talk to one another without wanting to defeat, if not them directly, defeat the ideas and the thoughts that they hold. Defeat, eliminate, undo. It's dangerous. We've got to stop acting like this. It's, it's, it's really starting to get to me. It's bothering me how much of this I see on a, on, a, on a daily basis all over the place. It's time, to, it's time to let up, chill out a little bit, 
the other side of it is not, not pretty. We don't want to go there. We really don't want to go there. I'm writing about it. But we don't want to go there to get to something much better where we'd have to go first. Oh, my. David will be joining us in a few minutes. Before that, you know, it's Friday. Stop, chill, think, relax, please, with a little jazz. This is Richard Gazer. 
You know, it takes lots of time and effort and all kinds of resources to produce the kind of quality program we produce here at Center Left Radio. And it costs money to do it. Now, if we screamed a little louder or thought a little less about what we were saying, we could probably get a few advertisers to pay us to sell their products to a more tribally predictable audience. But that's not who we are or who you are. You come to Center Left Radio for non-commercial, thoughtful commentary. You're looking for an honest, progressive approach to solving America's problems, not exacerbating them. And we're committed to providing all of that. We're one of the few stations offering full-time, non-commercial, progressive programming. And we're the only station, the only one, doing it with a combination of hope, politics, and that most eloquent of all original American art forms, jazz. Think of it this way. We support your needs. Now we're asking you to support ours. Take a moment and go to our website, www.centerlefttalkradio, one word, centerlefttalkradio.com, and go to the donate page. And when you get there, give whatever you can. On a one-time or maybe a recurring basis, $5, $10, $1,000, whatever you can contribute to make center-left radio's unique progressive voice stronger and even more significant as the full extent of the wrongdoing of Donald Trump and his associates becomes all the more evident. And as we seek to hold the House Democrats accountable for the promises they made to the American people during the last election. Yeah, you know what's at stake. And I know, we all know, we can count on you. On behalf of all of us at Central F Radio, Thank you. You're listening to Center Left Radio, the progressive voice of hope, politics, and jazz, and you're listening to us on the web at www.centerlefttalkradio, one word, centerlefttalkradio.com. When you get there, you can listen to us as either a uh, radio loop or as a podcast. Either way, you're listening right now, and what you're about to hear through whatever... Uh, whichever link you're on, uh, it'll be the same. So, you know, switch back and forth if you think you have to, but there's no need to. I'll, I'll I'll say it in both links. David, what's on your mind? Well, there's a lot. Um, and if you want to hear more of how I think about things, you can follow me on uh, twitch.tv slash freshfacesnewideas, and you can follow me on Twitter at facesideas. Um, look, this has been a, a weird week um, in the sense that it's been very mask off. Um, it has been some of the most cruel and abject um, responses to the most unfortunate in our country from honestly a little bit both sides, but mostly from the Republicans. So um, the most dominant story on the right is not the fact that uh, – Mike Pence said that Donald Trump was wrong about the election. It's not yeah. that uh, Donald Trump appears to have taken, I think I saw top secret classified information outside of the White House. That's the, um, that's the reporting right now. Yeah, that's the reporting. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's not a- any of that. No, it is the, the idea that the Biden administration 
is paying $30 billion million to send crack pipes to every American. And Wait, how did, I, how did I miss this? Wait a minute. This story or the fact that this is happening? Is this, well, is it, is it a story or is it, is it a fact? Is it both? Well, it's a story. It's not a fact. So what happened is the Freed Beacon literally made this up. Um, <laughs> oh, I'm not even kidding. They, they had an interview with a uh, person working for this grant. This is a grant program that is part was part of um, the American Rescue Plan. Okay. And the word, and they basically made up this idea that crack pipes are going to be part of it. And how they did this is one of the parts of the program is it's going to help. The whole point of the program is to help lessen the, um, uh, make it easier for people who are addicted. It's supposed to help addiction. Okay. Um, and one of the parts of the program is there's a 20 point bulletin of all the things that happen in this program. And one of them is safe smoking kits. In fact, in the 75 page document, if you look for the word crack pipe, it doesn't exist. I would, I would, th- I would imagine in a government-related program document coming out of the Biden administration, my guess would be crack pipe would be an unusual word to find. Yeah. It is literally the first step to deal with addiction. It is a measure of uh, – I forget what the word is uh, – just – just trying to help people. It's like the smallest measure we can do is, is to try to give them like free, uh, cleaner needles, like cleaner, cleaner right. stuff. So if they are going to use, like there's a whole plethora of stuff in it. Right. But if, but if I, but if I happen to be, if I happen to be, um, if, if my whole purpose in life is I'm an operative on the Trumpian side of things and my job is to troll Democrats, to, to get over on Democrats and progressives, I will read through that document and I will paraphrase it and I'll come up with something like crack pipes. Now, I'm, I'm assuming that this was a Trumpian type troll that came up with that. No, uh, I don't know if it, the free beacon is Trumpian, but it has been pushed by Tom Cotton for multiple. OK, days. OK. All uh, right. Marco All right. Rubio made a video about it. Great. OK. Yeah. 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 This is this is this is this it's it's trolling 101. The Republicans are infinitely better at it than the Democrats are. No, no, it's worse than this because this is a, a recurring pattern. Go on. This is the abject cruelty to some of the least fortunate people in our society. This is kind of similar to the um, when New York opened those two uh, drug centers. Yeah. In in order to help people who have drug problems come in and do it safely and then help work them off of their addiction. The old methadone clinics in New York City when they first opened those up. Yeah, yeah. Uh, those were considered this because here's the here's the idea that they're pushing. They're pushing the idea that having these like basically free needle clinics, if they have them, a person is going to be on their way home from work, see one and go, you know what? I feel like having some crack today. Yeah, it, it, you know, honey, forget forget the Swanson TV dinners and and let's let's not even go out to McDonald's. I think we'll have some crack. There's a free pipe there. Let's go. Yeah, I, I get the stupidity of that. Sure. And this is like the first step 
in helping to deal with a thing, which remember every, every couple of weeks they complain, Oh, why are we worried about this? There's an opioid crisis. This is part of how you deal with an opioid crisis. Right. But this is, this goes deeper than that because on every level, they are monsters. There is a Texas candidate who was a former teacher who was at a speech, uh, some point, I think either last week or early this week, in which she said, uh, almost verbatim, trans kids make me uncomfortable. Um, and I can't, and I can't make the other kids bully them for being trans. Mm. Uh, which seems like a good thing. And like, if you see the clip, you know she said something wrong because she even she realizes it. Yeah. But it's yeah. it's a pretty disgusting clip. But this is not limited to the right. Joe Scarborough and Reverend Al Sharpton did a, one of the most disgusting pieces I've ever seen, and that was. This, they're talking about the New York Times headline about the person who stole 10 steaks from TJ Maxx. And they applied it to the rising crime and the things that are being locked up in New York when we're talking about, like, toothpaste and detergent and things. Yeah. To be clear, there is a massive difference between, like, people shoplifting, like, televisions and a, a rash of petty theft for items that are basic necessities like diapers and things the fact that they're acting like these things are the end of the world because someone stole 10 steaks which i looked it up on tj's max website cost somewhere between nine and thirteen dollars when tj max is currently in litigation for 1.6 million dollars of worker back pay on wedge wage theft and that's not the headline. Tells you what we need to, to know about what we care about theft. Yeah, I, I, I happened to catch, I caught that show that morning. I didn't catch the whole uh, exchange between Scarborough and, uh, this was like two days ago, I think. I, it was, and they started up, and that was the New York Post headline that they held up. And it had a picture of a guy holding uh, what looked like 10, well, I guess it was 10 stakes, and so there was a big pile, and he was holding them under his chin and in his hands, and there was a clear-as-day uh, photo from the, from the store camera that had his face there, and of course, the New York Post basically described this as the end of all humanity, and Scarborough... And, uh, and, and I don't know, I, I can't speak for Sharpton, but you, were, you probably heard more of it than I did. But they went on a rather lengthy riff about how, look, we can go just so far, and then began extrapolating into other areas. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, the fact that we have, because, like, look, if they're stealing TVs or something, like, non-necessities, non that's different. The fact that they're stealing necessities tells you that there's a huge problem here that people cannot afford basic necessities for a whole host of reasons we're not even gonna like everyone's like oh inflation is due to biden spending 1.9 million dollars in funding for people two years ago and that's why we have record inflation not because massive corporations are openly bragging about the price gouging that they're currently right you know that that's that's a great that's a great trolling explanation it no, should. it's the point that there is no, you cannot help the poor. 
Yeah, it, that's it, that's the idea. That the poor that that's the point. That's that's exactly the point. And so it just it just takes you right back to your grievances and your anger. It takes you back into your uh, everybody goes to the far edges of the wall. Everybody goes extreme. None of it means anything. And that's the goal. That's the goal. Nothing accomplished. Nothing. Nothing that the de- that the Republicans are doing for anyone. Nothing that they're giving. Nothing that they're uh, contributing to making anyone's life better. Much less the lives of the poor, but it simply goes to divide. It points out the fact that something the Democrats did is partially at least linked, but of course the story is completely misstated. And where does it leave you? It leaves you with anger and hatred and and, and more distrust of whoever you wanted. It's, it's ugly. Is it standard? Can you imagine them not doing that, David? Would you have been surprised if some if some Republican operative never got around to doing that? I mean, there was Honestly, some a little bit on the the, the cry cry thing. I did because it is they're still running with it, even though it is like thoroughly thoroughly debunked. I I, I, I saw something I saw something yesterday that came through. Uh, more and more, I'm seeing anything that Donald Trump puts out as a uh, uh, that's reputed to be from Donald Trump, and some of his surrogates pick it up. It obviously doesn't come out on on Facebook or Twitter, but Trump, in in reacting to the accusations about him uh, sequestering do- government documentation, secret documentation, went through this perfect laundry list of everything that the Democrats had done wrong, beginning with Afghanistan, going into inflation, and there were probably four or five things all said in vitriol. In, in you could hear the vitriol coming out of the printed words, and all of them tilted, obviously, in a wrong direction, but the sheer volume of what he said would have made it extremely difficult to go back point by point. This is exactly what we're going to get as we get deeper and deeper into the elections, and Trump wants to feel as though he's a major player but it's gonna i mean do you imagine that it's not gonna get uglier i i oh no it's going to get uglier yeah there's there's there's, right so there's a couple things that they can do to head this off right now one joe biden can make marijuana legal tomorrow joe biden can at least because this is according to joe biden can remove ten thousand dollars of student debt um they're currently on the way to pass some type of uh congress can't use stock bills um, I would be see interested to that. They need to bury them on the fact that Tommy Tupperville and a couple of other uh, Republicans are currently blocking a Medicare bill that would help slat- bring prices for Medicare in line with um, uh, the VA, which would be a 54% reduction in the cost of Medicare drugs for both generic and name brand. Um, they need to start pushing on that. They need to get whatever they can out of uh, Joe Manchin and be like, hey, look, we need at least the climate stuff um passed uh and certainly pushed the the child tax credit the thing that was like amazingly effective to a whole bunch of people yeah as they, yeah yeah they, look they just need to bring it back up let it be filibustered and then point to the fact that the republicans raised everybody's taxes now now remember the, the, the way the way the republicans do it you you and i have both seen this for a long time now it's, it's just what I described a moment ago with what was reportedly said by Trump. It's having this litany of four or five items that you will instantaneously tick off 
when you are basically questioned about something you don't want to be. You will lie about whatever it was that someone is accusing you of doing. Then you will tick off the litany of attacks. It's always attacks on the other side. Should should progressives begin adopting that topic? Should we should we literally get into a fighting fire with fire mode? And especially if the stuff that we'd be going out with would be fundamentally true. Is is that a good idea? You can do that, but it's more about some messaging. Let's talk about the positive things. Yeah. Talk about, and then like actually do positive things and then point to the things that you're attempting to do that are currently being blocked. Now, so to be fair, yeah, the response from a lot of voters will be, well, why don't you just remove the filibuster for this? And the answer is, unfortunately, we don't have the votes for it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and in other words, on, a little honesty would, would go along with that, too. So, so right, and there's certainly things that they could do that would make it easier for them. But what the you're other s- thing is, I'm sorry, go is, ahead. Yeah. Is claiming things like like point out to like the, one of the things that they the Republicans are really good at is finding like really niche examples and making them con- and painting the whole left with them. Exactly. Cool. There is here's here's two off the top of my head. Missouri is about to pass a bill that will fundamentally change how um, how self defense is perceived. Essentially, according to their own police, allowing them to do a murder free a a a, uh, a murder a pro murder state. Right. Um, okay. Oklahoma is currently attempting to pass a a bill. In, on abortion that would basically create a seven-year registry on anyone who is attempting to get an abortion because they have to call hotlines in order to get different types of advice the answer to that is the next step is prosecution right of course it's the, the only reason you want it and and just lay it out tell them tell them paint every single and i still can't believe we do not have a left-wing variation of the texas abortion bill I don't care what it's for. There should absolutely be one. What what should it look like? I don't care. I don't care whether it's yeah. people who are unvaccinated. I don't care whether it's people who are. Uh, oh, I see what you're saying. A, a, a counterpoint, essentially. You're saying, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Just just something in the vein yeah. of just as cruel, just as just as uh, just as um, unconstitutional, just as uh, absurd as the other ones. I don't care if you respond with teaching certain things like make it illegal to teach about Donald Trump. I actually don't do that. I don't, I, I don't know what the teaching response to this uh, is, but it's, it's very weird that um, whether they argue about, Oh, they're coming for our children. Charlie Kirk just got told by his billionaire backers that he cannot, that they won't back him trying to open up a, a, a set of private schools so he can teach American first or American history, whatever, whatever he lied to them about, because that's not weird that there's a whole bunch of them uh, just pushing out the indoctrination of children. And it's, and and this is the most frustrating thing is that we've allowed the right to become the paragons of what is uh, American, what is American patriotism, what is freedom when they're, when they don't care about America, they don't care about freedom. They want an authoritarian cult on, on essentially their, their, maybe their, their voters to some extent, but at least what their politicians want is that. And it's time for them to be, it's time to, you know, not take their, their pearl clutching and their nonsense because they're almost to a man ghouls. And it is, it's time to take back and point for the fact that the left actually stands for freedom, whether it's medical freedom by, uh, by, for abortion rights or for Medicare for all. Oh, that's another thing. I don't know if you saw this. Um, I'm sure you saw one of the two things. I'm sure you saw uh, Marjorie Taylor Greene said that we have the yes. Gaspacho police. Yeah. The, 
<laughs> yes. I'm but sorry, but oh well, this is Marjorie Taylor Greene. I mean, you know, she's right. But did you see Thomas Massey's quote? What was that? Seventy percent of all people who die from COVID are on Medicare, and some people want Medicare for all. Wait, 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 wait what? <laughs> no, that's a real quote. He actually said that. I don't know what it means. Well, <laughs> I, I, I'm still trying to wrap my brain about it. Therefore, we should get rid of Medicare. <laughs> I, what, if, so. I, I didn't realize that a government <laughs> assistance program that helps you with your, your, your health care is an underlying condition. Which causes Medicare, Medicare is an underlying. Medicare becomes an underlying condition. <laughs> that, that's wild. I mean, that, if, 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 if you're well, if you're not listening. And, and most people who would react emotionally to that are not really listening. It may actually sound like something. Is, is there... Uh, no, I, there's no, there's no sane person who looks at that and goes, no. Well, you, you, ra- you raise the point. But, but sanity, is, is it sanity or is it just this need to preserve grievance? This need to feel aggrieved, to, to clutch at anything which basically uh, is red meat. And, and I'm finding, and I did this in the earlier segment of the show today, David, uh, I, I've, I've been running across a group of people, some very, very smart people lately, who I've known for a long time whose positions may have been more in line with yours and mine, and, we, and you and I are on a spectrum, we're not in the same spot usually, but who are swinging way over towards Trumpian thought processes, if not admitting to, to being fans of Donald Trump himself. I think most would never do that. And I, and I, and I question how, and, and this, by the way, has happened, it happened throughout the 20th century. You have, you have to have a certain uh, intellectual and financial and class class of people drifting over towards your fascistic uh, points of view in order, for, in order to basically break down a functional democracy. That's what happened in Germany and Italy and, and Spain and, and all that. I, I'm, I'm fascinated at how, how many people I'm watching of, of higher educational ilk kind of rationalizing and rationalizing with a certain amount of passion this crap that's coming out of a, a, a Trumpian propaganda machine. Are you running across this at all? Not, not so much like, like that. It's because yeah. the people I talk to are, I mean, they may be wrong, but I know I have you know, right-wing people that I talk to that have similar positions or that have moved on beyond the things that they've talked about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and look, it is discerning that people are doing. Uh, it's discerning that uh, more people still think the election is stolen and this is still an argument that we're, we're fighting with these people. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. But look, we have to do better messaging. That's really what it comes down to is messaging. Yeah, this this, this is your have. message every week. It's messaging. Oh, that and the fact that we should pass the marijuana, you know, not stop outlawing marijuana and give back at least 10,000 bucks. Two things that Biden can do with a stroke of a pen tomorrow. And well, that's the, yeah, yeah, because look, yeah. His, his legislative agenda is essentially dead. Yeah. Yeah. For um, now. Yeah. 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 So it would be nice if, you know, he did at least the bare minimum of the things that he is capable of. Like I it is such a no brainer. And if he has staff around him that is telling him not to do it, he should fire them. Yeah, because it is a it, it is a failure of 
just political will at this point for them not to do this. They've got to do something. He, and, and well, again, just doing something is not really a, a, an answer, but you could do some, the, the something would be remarkably beneficial. Uh, I mean, the war on drugs obviously proved to be a bust over decades. The drugs and, won. Yeah. And, and, and marijuana is what marijuana is within our culture. Most large cities permit it to a large degree. I know I can't walk, you can't walk down the streets of New York City or in any borough without basically being hit with the smell of marijuana. And, and it's basically permitted. That's the way it's set up. Uh, I don't see the world falling apart as a result of that. I do see the world falling apart when kids go shooting at each other with guns in the poorer neighborhoods of New York City, finding out later on that a lot of the times that it is drug trade related and sometimes just stupidity and, uh, and uh, gang differences, but gangs have to support themselves somehow, and usually that winds up being drugs, and, and uh, heavy-duty drugs, and that has to be dealt with. <clears throat> Certainly better. Marijuana, no. That, that's, that's, not, that's not the problem. Well, the, the drugs you could... You can go look. I'm, I'm going to be honest. We're probably two election cycles away. I, I, I think if if they legalize marijuana and they push to decriminalize some of the harder drugs, yeah, we're probably going to be responded with to a Duterte style. We should start executing uh, drug addicts. There will be that will be the push at some point. In other words, if we if we. If we don't decriminalize it, you're predicting that? Um, well, I think that's the end point where they're going anyway, especially as we try to push basic things to help them. That's where they'll, they'll end up. But I think if we start decriminalizing it, there will be absolutely one of these lunatics who runs. And apparently there is a uh, Gabby Gifford's husband, Mark Kelly. Yeah. Um, the guy running against him released an ad of him shooting him. Shooting drug addicts. No, no, shooting Gabby Gifford's husband. Oh, okay. Yeah, that, that, that sounds about, about right. Uh, good Lord. Uh, I, I, I don't know. What, uh, David, I don't know what to say. I don't know what to say. So that if we try to help these people, the other side will say, well, the only way you're going to help, you can't help them. They're beyond redemption. And by the way, let's kill them is basically what you're saying. That would be the logic that would be employed. And there'll be enough people out there to, you know, to yeah. applaud it. Yeah, Make them yeah. go to the farthest right fringe. And they're going to go there anyway. Just make them go there faster so you can expose them. Because look, this has been the point of my, my show yesterday. And it's this. They aren't they are really, like at their core, very terrible people. Like to the point where, so Bob, we got the, uh, we got the uh, the autopsy for Bob Saget's death. Yeah. Um, I would like to remind you that uh, immediately following his death, people said he died from the COVID vaccine, including Candace Owens. There were people who tried to say that. Yeah. Yeah. Said. Yeah. I'm not Notre Dame and I'm not a conspiracy theorist. I just don't work for Big Pharma. Well, he didn't fucking die from the vaccine. Apparently, he did have COVID, but that didn't kill him either. Uh -huh. um, it, in the same way that uh, when Heather McDonald collapsed on stage, she also didn't collapse because of the vaccine. I don't know what it was that caused it, but it's not the vaccine. Like, and then the worst thing is this trucker protest. Like, I don't even, I haven't even followed it entirely, but I can imagine the response. Although there, there's two responses. 
One, Fox News actually said, or Kaylee McEnany said, you can't paint this whole uh, protest because the actions of a few, which is really rich coming from Donald Trump's uh, press secretary yeah. during the time of the BLM protest. Yeah, 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 um, yeah. And two, like, could you imagine if there was a left-wing protest for, like, climate or Medicare for all that shut down a major trading hub? It's... Um I, and again, I, and I love the uh, the images. You you see people waving, holding a placard saying "Freedom and Love." Uh, it, 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 <laughs> somehow that being combined with not wearing a mask, and then I've seen you see American flag. Well, the Canadian flags is what they've been doing in Ottawa, of course, and all that. Um, I, I I'm waiting. I'm, it's curious to see how the, the Canadian government. I think this well, this took everybody by surprise. And I'm very curious to see how this works out. I'm, I'm very curious to find out also if this was spontaneous, who was well, behind no, no, setting this up. You know. But at this point, it's been co-opted. My understanding is a lot of the people are like bosses doing this or it's like right wing agitators. Because, look, they've yeah. lost this battle. While it is true that they've essentially removed mandates, um, at least in America, the people in Canada are are well more uh, vaccinated than Americans. Yeah, and much more. Early in this in this um, profession, they're more vaccinated, and they want stricter mandates on the unvaccinated. So this is really the last gasp of a dying group that does not want just basic basic health standards. Because yeah. let's be clear, when we talk about trying to engage with these people on the level, can you tell me which mitigation effort has not been met with virulent backlash to every single part of it? None. No, no, no. It's, it's, it's just it's just the whole thing. I, I keep coming back to I think most of these got most of these big, rough, tough guys are afraid of needles. And I mean, it, it's just that crazy. Or it's just they're all children. I'm yeah. going to be honest. I think they're children. Yeah. Um, I, yeah. I spoke to I was talking to a, a, a Canadian streamer. The way he described it is like, hey, you know, they're used to being told not what to do. And then they have to be, you know, quarantined and they have to be bastard and they're upset about it. It's like, guess what? Tough shit. It, yeah. it sounds like <laughs> yeah. like a child's brain. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, th this 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 will go on for a day or two more, I'm sure. Um, manufacture car car manufacturers already having a hell of a hard time getting product out to market because of all the chip problems uh, are now getting affected by this. I don't think the foreign manufacturers it's the, it's the it's the domestic manufacturers that are feeling it worse right now. And we'll see how far this whole thing goes. Oh, that's that's Joe Biden's fault that uh, car prices are about to spike over the next. Okay, month. of course, of course, of course, of course. It's naturally it's, who uh, messaging, messaging. Messaging, messaging, messaging. David, you're 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 the you're the prophet of this. You've said this again and again. You keep bringing the point up, uh, and 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 it's something that we've just got to be better at. Because when you do think about the logic, the rationale, the reasoning of all this, and when you can get past that 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 knee-jerk five-statement list of negatives that's always on the lips of every Republicans, because the talking point memo you got, you all you had to do was memorize those five points and make sure you get them in every time every anyone asks you any kind of uncomfortable question about something you're screwing up we've got to come up with just some better communications better marketing and, and you you bring this up again and again and i and i and i trust that you'll continue to bring it up it's really important besides bringing it up on center left radio where else can people hear you bring it up dave uh twitch.tv slash fresh faces new ideas and twitter at faces ideas uh, all we can say for sure 
is that it's going to keep getting, as Alice said, uh, in wonder, curiouser and curiouser. But we're not going to stop talking about this. We're not going to stop putting out rational thoughts and, 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 and efforts to make the situation better and not just allow it to just turn into an emotional battlefield, uh, an all-out emotional battlefield, which invariably, given 20th century history, uh, tends to evolve into something worse over time. You got to talk. You got to think. And, and that's why I do so appreciate you being on the show every, every Friday with us, David. Um, you've been listening to Center Left Radio. You've been listening to David Bach. It's Friday. And at the conclusion of every one of these segments, as you know, it's what I always suggest, and I think especially in this one, lay back, chill. Think about what we're saying. Reflect on it, however you want to do that. And I just think the nicest way to do that is with a little more jazz. Been listening to Center Left Radio, the progressive voice of hope, politics, and jazz. My name is Richard Gazer, and thank you once again for being parts of today's show. The political discourse is getting really ugly. Republicans understand they must. The, polit the politicians know that this is pushing things in a terrible direction, appealing to the base in the worst way, but their own paranoia about sustaining their jobs is what's driving this. They know that this is a dead-end way of doing things. We can't keep doing this. Democrats must market a message of hopefulness. 